Welcome to the seventh episode of the Minibar podcast, where hospitality leaders come to chill and discuss the business. This is Paulina from iStay, your hospitality podcast bartender. Today on the menu is a talk with the founder and CEO of Four Suits, Leonard Dehan. Born and raised in Netherlands, living in Amsterdam, Leonard has background in business administration, studied and lived abroad in the US and Argentina. Founded Four Suits about six years ago, which started as a small idea for solving excess problems for unstaffed real estate buildings that had flexible workspaces. This evolved into developing an innovative intelligent access solution for hospitality with clients around Europe. And now, take your favorite drink, relax and get some inspiration by Leonard. So hello Leonard, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, you're more than welcome. I have uh, prepared questions for you. And the first one is, what does digitalization means for you? Wow, that's, um, that's a really good question, actually. We're, we're talking about digitalization all the time, right? All the time, so all the time. To, when we explain our products, when we explain what we, what we do to, to, to people on a, on a party or something like that, we're talking about digitalization. So. Um, what, what it means to me is that, um, that more and more people are doing things um, that are connected. So mm -hmm. let's say whether it's connected by their phone or by the internet in some way. Um, I would say that all those aspects um, are combined the digitalization mm -hmm. where things are getting automated because they're getting connected. Um, and um, I think actually automation is a result of the digitalization. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, what, what, what makes it confusing, especially if we, if we look at our uh, products and what we offer uh, at Four Suites is that um, many people call their products um, or, or at least promote their products as if they are uh, adding up to digitalization. But in my perspective, many of them are missing uh, a very essential component, which is for me at least, um, having connection to internet. Mm. So it, for me, a device or anything that we use should have this connection to the internet uh, in order to uh, to address or add up to digitalization. Um, so I, I think that's that's why it might be a, diff a difficult term to explain and, and, and people have different interpretations. But for me, it's a very important aspect of digitalization that it's connected to the internet. I see. And how all this can be useful for hotels and the hospitality industry in general. Right. So mainly, I think it comes down to two to pillars. So one is on the guest side. Mm -hmm. So if you are digitalization, all the benefits for a guest being able to arrange things, let's say, to make it concrete from their phone. Mm -hmm. uh, sure, there's no need for any um, manual uh, actions or uh, communication directly with people if not needed. So they can basically arrange it directly from their phone. This can have many benefits for, for many travelers, many guests. Um, then on the other side, you have the benefits from a hotel perspective, right? Of digitalization, which, like I mentioned, one of the causes is automation, for example. And automation in many cases for hotels means having less costs. Mm -hmm. So needing mm -hmm. less employees maybe to do things. Mm -hmm. uh, so because of digitalization, um, hotels are now able to uh, to improve their efficiency and cut down on costs. Mm -hmm. So I think there's there's two sides that um, digitalization um, uh, makes sure that that through digitalization they can reap the benefits of those two pillars. Mm -hmm. Impressive. Um, well, as you, as we know that you're in the key industry with the Pursuit's very revolutionary IoT key locks, which means no app uh, possibility of opening the doors. The question is, uh, what are the current key technologies at the market that are still used in the hotels? It can be old school, but uh, in general, how is the key uh, market in, in the hotels? Right. So there, there's been quite an evolution when it comes to access in hotels. Um, of course, this has um, always
first thing started with having a physical key, a cylinder lock, mm -hmm. where you still have many of those hotels, right? Where you check in and, and they give you a physical key with a very big thing on there, so you don't so you don't lose it on the streets. Um, so this is probably maybe the oldest the oldest access method in the hotel. Um, this has developed through um, through to uh, the, the the punch cards. Maybe I, I honestly I never checked in a hotel where where they still had them because of my generation, I guess, and and they, and they quite uh, they disappeared quite uh, quite rapidly because RFID then came onto the market. Mm -hmm. But it's basically a, a combination of punches in the cards and and the different ways of how the punches in the cards are placed. Mm -hmm. uh, you can have. I don't know how many million combinations of that. So they basically uh, gave a key card like that. You could put it inside the lock. The lock was recognizing all the different punches and it would open. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's that's something that came after the, the cylinder lock. Then came RFID. So uh, that was a big improvement where people just basically would encode the key card. Uh, that, that key card contains all the credentials. Um, the lock then reads out those credentials and opens up. So this is, some, this is a technology that we still uh, see at many hotels. Mm -hmm. um, we also have the Max Stripe variant there, uh, which contains a uh, magnetic stripe. Um, many hotels, for example, in the USA, still use those locks. Um, and it's the, it's the very annoying key card where you place it to your phone and then it gives the red light when you, you try to use it because it loses their, the, the credentials on the card because of the magnetic field. <laughs> so, so this is, um, I, I believe I read an article recently where still 60% of the American hotels uh, are using those max stripe blocks. Um, wow. So that's impressive, yeah. Good market so for you then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then trying to, to, to convert those logs, of course, to RFID logs. Um, then a few years ago, uh, uh, Bluetooth came on the market mm -hmm. as a first mobile access method mm -hmm. where people could basically open up the locks with their smartphone uh, by making connection through Bluetooth uh, to those locks. Mm -hmm. um, this was approximately uh, 10 years ago that it was first introduced, so not mm -hmm. that long ago. Um, and we believe that for suites, of course, that the next step in this evolution is having IoT locks that are completely connected uh, to, the, to the cloud environment where you basically don't have any offline aspect anymore when it comes to access control. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this makes sense in the evolution that things are getting more and more connected with mm -hmm. each other. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you have this connection in our sense, you cannot keep playing with offline components in an online ecosystem. I see. And in general, if we forgot hotels, are there the differences uh, in the other industries with the key locks and uh, let's say key history? Or is it completely the same? Um, if, you, if you look at hardware, I would say that it's it's comparable. Mm -hmm. I would say even that many of the applications that came from other industries, like real estate, for example, uh, let's say access to hospitals, universities, etc., they were copied by the big players into the hospitality fields mm -hmm. uh, without keeping in mind that Access in, in hospitality is a different game than in other industries mm -hmm. uh, because of the fact that people are having access to their rooms for a very small small amount of time, why right? maybe one, two, three days instead of having access maybe a year or, or, or even longer. So we are we the, the, the access is way more dynamic in the hospitality than in other in other regions mm -hmm. uh, or so this also implies that, that your software, uh, in our case, a cloud platform, uh, needs to to be adjusted for that. So you need to, to take into consideration that people are changing their access rights all the time. The same rooms are rented out several times uh, during the week, the month. And your access needs to be to be flexible and flexible for that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the difference between hospitality and all the other industries mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to access. I see. Well, like last week, I've been talking to one uh, hotel chain, which they also have office buildings. And uh, the tech technician just mentioned one very important fact where uh, all the other industries are using uh, online key accesses and it's just quite normal. 
and uh, all the hotels they are always going for offline. So uh, online key access versus offline key access. What's the difference, and why the hospitality or hotels are stuck with the offline one? Are they afraid of off? Yeah, that's 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 a very interesting question. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm if I have the right answer to that question. Um, it's true that we do encounter um, a lot of. I mean, we're always encountering a lot of questions about why uh, why it's online, why it cannot be offline as well. Uh, so there's it seems like many hoteliers are sort of afraid of having an online system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when you ask them, are you using uh, mobile banking, for example, or uh, how do you do that? And do you, do you have a search about your mobile banking security? They're, they're like, no, I'm not really thinking about that. So I'm still using it anyways. Um, so why other industries do adapt that and hoteliers are more careful? Um, I think it maybe have to do with just the, 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 the conservative, uh, conservative of the industry. So mm-hmm. they're very conservative general, mm-hmm. uh, slow adapting to new technologies. Um, so my theory would be that it just takes more time before they adopt to, to new technologies that are in this case online mm-hmm. and that other industries are less afraid and, and move forward more, more fast than, than, than hospitality. Mm-hmm. I think it has to do. Um, could you also mention the advantages and disadvantages of online uh, key logs? Because I've just heard, like, what about the Wi-Fi is gone? So that's the only uh, one I'm hearing. Are there another and how to handle with them? Sure. So there's a whole bunch of, of advantages of having an online system. Uh, but to name just the, the major ones. So like I mentioned, uh, access is very dynamic in a hotel. So when we start using mobile keys, for example, um, how do we deal with uh, any changes when mm-hmm. it comes to action? How fast can we make those changes? Mm-hmm. So it's an offline system. Let's say I'm sending to you your offline digital key um, and you check in and, uh, instead of checking you into to room 101. Mm-hmm. I want you to check 103, but you already have this offline digital key for 101. Mm-hmm. How are we going to change this? real time into the system, right? So having an online system means that your access rights are not stored on your phone or on a key card or any device. It's all stored in the cloud. The cloud system mm-hmm. is basically verifying mm-hmm. as this access at this moment in time to this door. Mm-hmm. And this is constantly uh, updated in, in the cloud environments by being connected to, to the property management system, for example. So. Any changes you make, and those are a lot of changes. If we're talking about a big hotel, we're talking about hundreds of changes per day that are happening when it comes to access rights. Mm-hmm. Those get updated real time. If you're having an offline system, you are actually running security risks on the fact that your mobile key, for example, that's stored on your phone, mm-hmm. is not getting updated. So this is just one main benefit that an online system has. Mm-hmm. And in general, having your logs online means that you can see what's going on real time. So you know, okay, who's opening what door. Um, instead of going to the lock and, and have a device plugged into the lock to read out all the access logs, mm-hmm. you can just open up our cloud dashboard and see all the access rights or sorry, access uh, logs in real time. Mm-hmm. So you can you can see real time and monitor real time what's going on with, with the logs and the access rights and access logs for people. Um, and we can read out many more things from the logs. We can see, okay, uh, to guest um, engaged the night log, for example, mm-hmm. they should be on. Um, why not connect that to the housekeeping and let housekeeping skip the doors where the night log has been engaged, right? So then we're talking about uh, improving the, uh, the guest journey there. So these are little details, but it's eventually all those little details that add up. And we can connect those into the complete ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Having an offline system, there's just no chance you're you're going to even measure those things mm-hmm. or even act on those. You, you have no clue. Indeed. Uh, this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that actually brings me to a question: What do you think is the right guest journey in the hotels? When you mentioned that in offline one, it's not that clear and soft. 
So what for you and in, in your perspective, uh, what is the right one? I don't think it's one specific guest journey that's the right one, but I would say from the guest perspective, the right, the right guest journey is the, the most flexible guest journey. So me as a guest, I'm able to choose how I want to stay at the hotel and which methods and which tools and which communication I want with the hotel and having that flexibility. So I don't want to be forced to go into a certain way. I don't want to be forced to get to the, to the, to the check-in uh, counter to, to talk with the receptionist and get my passport and they type in the details. I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to have flexibility to do the online check-in, mm -hmm. get my piece and go to my room. Mm -hmm. But then again, there might be people that, that do enjoy that experience mm -hmm. or they want checking kiosk, for example, mm -hmm. and they'd be able to use that as well. So I don't think it's one specific journey. There should be flexibility. Mm -hmm. This podcast is brought by MyStay, the contactless solution for check-in, check-out, payments, e-keys, and service upsell for hotels, hostels, and all other travel accommodations. If you want to know tips, tricks, and absolute musts for the post-COVID hotel opening, connect with me on LinkedIn or send me an email. I will share with you our opening kit, which we put together with our partners, especially for you. It focuses on how to win back the trust of your guests and how to get back your revenue as soon as possible. In the opening kit, also await for you discounts and free product options. Indeed, I completely agree with you. <laughs> and uh, as you're onboarding a lot of hotels uh, for your four suits, uh, IoT logs, what are or what is the budget that uh, hotels should prepare or have in their mind to upgrade uh, room logs or change the room logs? I know that this is the big issue, especially uh, during the COVID time when there everyone stopped investments. And uh, in the head of uh, hoteliers, it's a very expensive step where hotel has to change. Uh, they have to uh, put the cables and all that thing. So what is the budget? And are there some possibilities to do it in a different way, like leasing or anything that your guys may be using? <clears throat> so there's... There's a few different scenarios when you have uh, when you're talking about changing your access method at a hotel. First of all, we make a difference between hotels that already have locks installed and need to change them, or if we're talking about maybe a new built hotel, um, that makes a huge difference in how you are preparing. For example, the cabling you mentioned. Okay, if we're talking about a new built hotel, it's very easy to run the cabling because you're still installing the hotel. They're still building it, so there's. You don't need to break down walls to get the cabling there, right? If we're talking about the replacement of locks, uh, this might be more costly to do. So this is already a different step there, there can be. Um, when we're talking from a product perspective, um, we, we basically have two options. So one is indeed upgrading existing electronic hotel locks. Mm -hmm. The most easy and most cost-effective way to do it, um, because what we basically do is we change the current electronics of the lock with mm -hmm. our electronics. Um, all that's mechanical, lock case, handles, mortars, cylinders, everything stays in, in place. We mm -hmm. don't have to cut doors. We don't have to, to adapt the doors for the new locks. So we just replace the electronical parts. So that's that's also something that you can, uh, as a hotel, you can you can buy that as an investment, mm -hmm. or we can, you can have the possibility for leasing that one. So you pay a monthly fee uh, for having the upgrade system. So it's very um, affordable for many hotels that don't have a big, a big upfront investment. Great mm -hmm. um, pricing, if you want to buy a unit, it's 89 euros mm -hmm. for, for lock to having, having the upgrade. Um, and then you need a few gateways in your hotel uh, that connect all those locks to the cloud platform. Um, and then there's the second option where you basically uh, buy new locks, uh, which is necessary in case you still have cylinder locks with old mm -hmm. metal keys. There's no option to, to upgrade the electronics because there's no electronics. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then we can replace the locks, for example. Or if it's a very, very old lock, then we say, okay, maybe it might be better to, to do the investment. You're already using 30 years, these locks. Mm -hmm. uh, 
mechanical parts might break down at a certain point of time. So mm-hmm. uh, then we replace the locks. Um, and those locks, we have two, two different models. Uh, they sell for 290 euros. They're still pretty affordable, especially if you compare it to, uh, to, the, to the prices in the market. Um, and then you need the gateways as well to connect those locks. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And uh, what actually should hotels pay attention to once they decide to onboard? Do the upgrade or do the change? But what is the key part to pay attention? Um, not, not sure if I if I understand the question. Does, does, it, does it mean that they, uh, the problematic part will be the let's say changing it, so the changing of the hotel or onboarding people, onboarding uh, the the receptionist or what they should pay attention while they say yes, let's do the change of the locks. And now, what are the let's say problematic parts that can come? It's it's definitely not on the hotel side or the training side, as we integrate uh, as much as possible into the ecosystem. It means that, for example, mobile keys are sent automatically to the guests based mm-hmm. on the reservations that come into the system. So that also means less training for mm-hmm. people. So mm-hmm. there's there's never an issue with with the training part. To be honest. Um, of course, it's changing in case you um, replace all the locks um, and it's a big hotel, it's always impactful. So there there will be four, five, six people in your hotel during a week approximately uh, replacing all the locks. There will be a, a, a huge planning uh, that we that we consider with the hotel mm-hmm. to change the locks so, so guests don't, don't get disturbed uh, because when we're replacing locks, we're always talking about the hotel work almost always talking about a hotel that's that's operational. Um, so that's something that you that you need to consider anyways if you're changing your locks. Um, we help with that, of course, so we, we make that planning together, do that as smooth as possible. Um, but but that's, that's something that hoteliers sometimes overlook. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not replacing um, a software tool or, or BMS. It's a physical thing. We're going to do some drilling. We're going to make a little bit of noise in your hotel. Um, so this is something they need to be aware of, of course. Mm-hmm. And when you're mentioning the, the property management system, are there also differences between property management systems and the uh, usage of the modern online keys like yours? Or you can work with any even old school, uh, non-cloud-based uh, PMSs? Um, Actually, we, we have to work with both, right? So, because our, our clients are asking, okay, I have this, let's name it, uh, Oracle PMS. Uh, it's maybe not, might not be uh, the most uh, innovative uh, PMS they're using, but we still, they still want us to connect to it. So, what we do for the more legacy systems, we have connections with middleware applications, for example, with Happy, uh, it's one of them. Uh, that connect then to those PMS so we can have a live connection with those legacy systems. Um, the advantage of all four suites in that sense is that we need very little data from the PMS. We basically need to know who's the guest, uh, where and when is he staying, uh, and when is he checking out. So where and when, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we can retrieve that data real-time from the PMS, we're good to go. Indeed. Okay, so that that just sounds easy, uh, not like obstacle. And uh, if you consider your clients, who are them? Uh, are there more boutique hotels, apartment hotels, huge uh, conference hotels? Who are they? <laughs> um, it's very uh, difficult for us to say that we have a typical client because we have all of them. And we all have different guest journeys. They all have different sizes and they all use the system in a different way, mm-hmm. which, is, which is great to see. I like that. Um, so we indeed have the small peak hotels that are stopless. They have the checking kiosks. They have our mobile keys. Uh, during the day and during the night, there's no one available just in case of emergency. So we have those clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have the larger, let's say, ski uh, resorts in Austria. Uh, that really make use of the mobile keys for for adding something to the to the guest experience. Mm-hmm. But I don't care that much about cutting costs or having um, everything automated. They just want to have a better experience for the guest. Um, so that's an application. Um, we even have uh, that's actually how we how we how we started. Uh, 
a real estate location where people are basically um, uh, their offices and apartments in one building. Uh, so they make use of the different uh, flexibility of access rights that we have in our platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we even have applications like that. Um, uh, we have a hostels, for example. So we have a hostel in Belgium recently installed, um, which is also different because you have many more people in one room. So how are you going to deal with access there? Mm-hmm. So I think the interesting thing, because our platform is that flexible, mm-hmm. we can we can, we can have all those different clients. We we don't target into a, into a specific niche mm-hmm. uh, because it's possible to do it. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and. Uh... Do you see the big difference between accesses into hotels and apartments? Yeah, so it's it's basically it, it, it comes down to the to the to the thing I mentioned before is that you have in apartments you have always the same users having access to the same doors during months years. Uh, there's no changes in the system. Um, looking at hospitality, there's changes all the time. Uh-huh. But I mean, apartments like Airbnb apartments, so the short rentals apartments, where the keys have to be changed actually for every other client. So the general usage. I mean, the application, if you compare a hotel with an Airbnb concept, I would say the application is, is pretty much the same. Although the, 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 the reasoning behind the Airbnb application usually is to, okay, how do I get the key to the guest? That's the issue usually, right? I'm not, I, I don't have a host or I don't want to, to, to go at the middle of the night to receive my guests or my Airbnb location. Um, so they want to have our mobile keys because it makes their life easier. And they don't want to have the mobile keys because it will make the guests more happy, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like a very, very practical problem. In hotels, it's it, you really have those two pillars, so they really have it from an automation perspective, but also for adding it to the adding up to the guest experience. And I think that's that's the difference. But from from a technical point of view and how they use it, it works the same. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And uh, if I just go back to hotels because they have more problematic parts with keys, there are two moments that uh, actually hotels are asking: when we have e keys, how do you deal with that? So First moment is the if if the car goes to garage, uh, do you also deal with that type of access or not at all? We have to. I mean, we 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 we've come a long way since we we started for suite. So we we've developed solutions for all the access points because we cannot say to hotel, okay, we're going to do access to all your room doors, mm-hmm. but for the elevator and the parking barrier and and and. Uh, the sliding doors you have to go to another company and use a different platform it doesn't work that way okay. so we have solutions for all the access points in a hotel we can offer 100 complete solution for all of them mm-hmm. uh, so we we also have needed to develop all those products so if you look in, at an elevator um, you have for example hotels that say okay i have a guest that's staying on the second floor you can only access the second floor in the roof bar mm-hmm. You cannot go to the fourth and fifth floor because they don't have a reservation on that floor. Mm-hmm. So intelligence like that, you have to build that into your to your electronics, into your firmware, your software platform. So we've developed all those products also on the software side. So we're we're, we're able to 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 offer the complete solution. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And one more, uh, which is I believe more difficult. So if you get into the hotel room. Normally on the right side next to doors, you have a place where you put your plastic cards, which uh, regulates the electricity and lights and things like that. If we have yeah. e-keys, how do you deal with that? That's, that's a very good question that many hotels ask as well. Um, in general, what we see is that um, most of the energy savers, especially when we're talking new builds, they're not building them in anymore. Uh-huh. They are there. The trends going towards buttons, simple buttons where people can can uh, do the lightning with, um, and many energy savers um, are not that intelligent. I mean, you surely have the experience where you can just basically put in your 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 bank card or whatever other card that fits in there, and it will work. It will work as well. Uh-huh. There's very very few systems that have actually the intelligence to see. Okay, this is a hotel room key card. Um, it's valid right now, and then it will activate the electricity. Mm-hmm. So what 
a very practical way how we solve that. We just place a simple card in the room that basically just put the energy saver in case it's still in place. Um, or we look with the hotel if there's the possibility to connect it to a smarter system in the room with motion sensors and stuff like that, uh, where the trigger of opening the door basically also triggers um, the electricity part. This is something that does not happen very often because it's more expensive as well. So many hotels say, okay, let's do this in a practical way. We will just make a little cord with the key card next to the energy saver. You can use it. We communicate to the guests that it's not the intention to to, to let the energy saver, saver running all the, all the day, even if you're not there. Uh, and that works very well for them, to be honest. Okay. So it's more about communication and simple solutions, I guess. Yeah, it's like with the towels, right? You always see the message, please, if you if you want to use your towel again, don't place them on the floor. If not, we will replace them and will not be good for the environment. This is basically the same way. So uh, targeting towards um, the responsibility of the, of the hotel guests. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And um, if I consider all that, uh, could you explain how is the guest journey or the great guest journey with Fursuits? Because we haven't explained to listeners how actually you do so. Where do you get the Fursuits? Do you have to download the app? If you want to get into the, for example, elevator, second floor, what do you do? And so on. Very, very good question. Because uh, <laughs> we're talking about the exercise for 30 minutes, but maybe nobody understands what we're doing. <laughs> Uh, Sorry to you guys if you didn't understand what we mean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so maybe good to start. Like, if you look at the current, let's say, digital guest journeys, um, many aspects are already digital in hotels. Mm -hmm. So many hotels that have had a look into 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 innovation, into digitalization. They have an online check-in. They have cloud-based BMS. Um, which means that guests can already do the check-in online themselves via, for example, your app, uh, or they can do it at home. Um, people then, in most cases, still need to go to the front desk to get the key card because that's, 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 that has been the hurdle in the whole digitalization process. Mm -hmm. And during their stay, they can, for example, via your app again, use all the other functionalities like communication, upselling, arranging things that they will need during their stay. Mm -hmm. um, and then they can do the checkout as well uh, online mm -hmm. uh, and give the key card back, which is, again, an offline component. So this is the, the, the guest journey if you have it semi-online, so to say. So the big hurdle has always been, okay, how do we make the access part as well uh, an integrated online experience instead of blocking everything uh, having people to download an app, for example, for their mobile keys, then we see that only 3% of the people are actually doing that. So we lose all the other uh, digital components that come after that step. So if people are not going to download your 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 hotel app um, because they think it's too much hassle to do for, for two or three nights a day, mm -hmm. you will also lose them on the upselling after in the app. Mm -hmm. You will lose them on the location, um, basically on all the other parts that come after after the checking. Mm -hmm. We do different uh, four suites is that we say, okay, we want to take away that hurdle. Mm -hmm. So what technology do we need or how does our technology needs to perform in order to be able to take away that hurdle? So we decide, okay, in order to take that away, our system needs to be online because if it's online, we can uh, use different access methods for guests like web applications. Uh, sending a key through WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or integrating it into web applications that people do use, mm -hmm. uh, then we have a way higher conversion of people using the digital services, which will mean that all the other aspects of the digital journey will be used more, more as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is basically what we do at Four Suites. We, we also stay away from, okay, we sell locks. We don't, we don't sell locks. People... People in hotels don't care about logs. They're, they're very boring. Nobody wants to talk about hotel logs. And what's important is what, what can I do with the log? How does it integrate into my journey? Mm -hmm. And how can I make advantage of the fact that um, people are using the digital key and all the other aspects after that, that they're way more interesting for, for, the, for the hotel eventually. Um, 
So that's when we have first talk with a new prospect, with a new hotel, that's, that wants to have more information about their system. We don't start talking about locks. We start talking about what's your guest journey? How do you want the guests to move around your hotel? Mm. What, what, what can the guests do in your hotel? Uh, what upselling do you want to do with the guests, etc.? How do you want to communicate with your guests? And then maybe at the last phase of the, of the conversation, we will talk about the practical solutions that you need in order to um, to have that guest journey operational. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and that's and that's a different perspective, I guess. We're we're more software focused in that mm-hmm. sense. Consider mm-hmm. as a software company um, because we look at it from that perspective and not from okay, I'm a hardware company. I sell locks. These are the locks that I have. Um, and and then you start the other way around, and that's where it goes wrong as well mm-hmm. in, in many cases. Mm-hmm. So from the guest perspective, uh, for example, when you're connected to Marsday, um, everything is done through through us. We send the email and then there is the link that only brings the guest to the visuals of the hotel when there is only button. You can press it from anywhere and then the proper or the, the doors or something else just open. So... That's why that was actually reason why I really fell in love with four suits. Where was it? It was four or five years ago when we first met time, Leonard. When was it? That was quite a it's quite a long time ago, I believe. I, I think we, we, we had just started maybe a year or a year and a half. So it was very early stage. Um maybe you, I think you were around a little longer already. Um <laughs> I think it was one of the of the fairs or the exhibitions, right? It was somewhere in Holland and London. No, I don't remember. But yeah, yeah I definitely. Yeah. Since the day one, I really fell in love with the concept of the keys with no uh, upload or download of the of the mobile application because this is where my stay, let's say, failed when we have been doing mobile apps for hotels, and uh, the usage was good, but the, the downloads were so rare so at the end it's the best to go for web one click here one click there and then you have all the guest journey done so yeah that was that was actually the part that i really loved about your project straight away and how how, how is that switch for you from going to to native to to a to a web-based solution and what's the difference that you that you saw happening there for hotels Uh, well first of all it was the best decision of my stay life (laughs) that's for sure um it was of course painful to convince hotels that it will be the best way but uh, actually everyone from current customers agreed and uh well it was just about coding uh putting it into the web app and uh, then just one day switch it to web and since the day one uh there was a conversion rate of the guests 75 80% of usage from the previous fund 5 1 <laughs> 8 it was too much for downloading the app. Usage was high once they downloaded and uh, the return of investment somehow came back, but you don't want to have something that is used uh, by two person of guests or eight person of guests. So that's why I was very skeptical about downloading another app. And then you came and said, no, 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 just click on link and it will be in colors of the hotel. It will be in my stay. I was like, hmm, interesting. So. Happy to know that this way really works. And uh, what I've been also thinking about is the KPIs. So if the hotels uh, decide to change the the locks, what they should actually check as the numbers or the outcomes from the changing of the locks? Some KPIs to share. I mean, we can see results from day one when mm-hmm. we're live. Um, what's, what's important is that all the aspects of the journey are in place. We have PMS collection or we have the integration into your app, for example, uh, which helps conversion even more. So we have our standalone web app solution, but we see that if we have integrated with a third party web uh, supplier like yourself, um, that even more boosts uh, the conversion rate because guests are already in this web app environment. They don't have to switch to another one or, or even open WhatsApp or whatever for that key. So it's already in there. Um, I mean, the percentages go through, through the roof. We we had a recent hotel, um, a large hotel, 200 plus room in Germany that opened up a few weeks ago. Uh, I think in the second week, they already had 65% of people using the web app. 
mm-hmm. uh, which, which is, in my opinion, amazing. That's uh, amazing, you know, really amazing. Um, and, and, and the good thing is we, we monitor this very, very closely. So we can see the percentages in real time of the people using the web app, people using the key cards, uh, people maybe even using the native app because we can still have this possibility of using a native app if people want that. So we can monitor all those percentages and periodically talk to the hotel and say, okay, you're at 40%. We see comparable hotels that are 60%. How do we get you as well to the 60%? Um, maybe it's a thing in communication. Maybe it's a thing in training. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the employee at the front desk uh, should not be at the front desk with a stack of key cards, uh, wavering the key cards to the guests. Maybe that doesn't really help uh, moving them to a, to a digital guest journey. So then because we measure those things, those things we can we can start a conversation with the hotel and see how we can boost that. Uh, so talking about KPIs, our KPIs are uh, conversion rate, conversion rate, conversion rate. Conversion rate. Okay, cool. Um, what is the oldest guest or what age of the oldest guest was that used the four suits on like uh, IoT keys? Do you know it? My state was 97. We had 97 year old guy who made it online check-in. <laughs> oh wow! Right. Uh, oh, you mean the guest? Actually, okay. I thought about client. No, no, no. Um, sorry, the the guest. Actually, I, I have no idea because we don't have that data. So we uh, for the for the guest part, uh, for the access part, we only get the who, where, and when. So we don't get the age. Okay. We don't have the age oh. Okay. And so um, I would I would love to know it, but I we we, we don't have insight into okay, that. Okay, because that, that is actually one of the negative argument of uh, hoteliers. They say. Just millennials will be using it. And we're saying like, yeah, are you sure? Uh, I mean, as simple you make it, people are used to do Skype calls. And so they just click and just make it easy. And uh, yeah, then we prove it by numbers because we see from check-ins uh, how old are the people. And cool. yeah, um, 80 is not a problem. 70 is usual and 60 is just basic, like normal. So, and anything lower is just, Super normal, and the, if if I cut the pie, it's equal. There are four major groups which are equal from starting from twenty to sixty, completely equal, and then it was eighty, ninety, lower, but still ninety-seven. Come on, doable. Do, do, you see, do you see any difference in in male female numbers or not? Completely same, similar, really. There is okay. very often couples that they make it both, so. I don't know who starts, but definitely the second one ends it up. So yeah, well, we, we didn't see the difference. Do you guys see difference? Female, male? We also don't measure the male, female. So that's why I was, I was asking this question to you. Yeah, no, no, no. We, we see that uh, once someone do the check-in, approximately 75% uh, can do the, or who makes the order? They already done the online check-in too, within 75%, which, in my perspective, it's huge number, and uh, that was really surprising when we start to track it. So that's that's was very special. But the age is something that the hotels they very often ask, and there might be also the question like, "But we have older clients." When they would be asking you, but then you can say, "Come on, ninety-seven." <laughs> but why would an eighty-year-old person uh, do do like to stand in line instead of a twenty-year-old? Person, right? What's the, what's the difference? What's we, the we difference? All, we all hate it. So, yeah. so why, why should there be a difference in an adoption there when it comes to age? Uh, yes, completely. Um, well, so th- there are maybe one more technical question, uh, seeing the future. So currently we can use the, the keys, especially your keys, not the other ones, through PC, tablets, smartphones, maybe also the, the watches, the smart watches that you just come click and that's it. What do you think that there will be another variables that will be used for keys? I mean, is it going to be some chip in our body? Is it going to be the the watches that we will wear and I will just blink and the doors will open? What do you think that there are another variables that uh, you will be able to open doors with? Um, approximately two, two weeks ago, uh, Apple announced that they will uh, release the... Uh uh, the wallet yes. for, for for opening doors and using key cards basically as a wallet in your in your 
your iPhone. This was already possible for, for Android, but um, Apple did, didn't allow it just for payments. They, they opened up the chip. Um, so I think this is a very, very exciting thing because it would basically mean that you don't have to log to any app anymore. You don't need to download any app anymore. You would just have your key stored in your, in your phone as a wallet. And you can basically touch any access point in the hotel without even opening your screen. It will just recognize your reservation and it will open up the access point. I love um, that announcement. That was just brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. So this is something I think the whole industry has been waiting for um, to, to, to come. What's, what's important there to know, of course, is that you will you still want to have this online connection with your locks. So many people are, are screaming, okay, this is great. I can use my current locks for this. Uh, yes, you can, but there are a lot of downsides as well, because how are you going to take away a wallet from someone if it's already been issued, right? And you do yeah. a room change or they want to have late checkouts, etc. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's the same as with the Apple payments. Um, if you, if you use a uh, payment for, for Apple in the, in the supermarket and there's no live connection with your bank account, so they basically cannot check if you have any funds to pay yeah. for the groceries, right? So yeah. um, they still have, this terminal still has this online connection to do some checks. Um, so it's an illusion to say that, in my opinion, that um, you don't need to have online locks enabled to use uh, in order to use the, the Apple wallet. Mm-hmm. So this is something that, that we will see in the coming months, how this will evolve uh, and also how hotels will react to this possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's a very, very positive thing because it will be the most intuitive way for for hotel guests uh, opening doors. This is definitely the future. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in general, do you think that uh, plastic cards will be completely removed in future? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I absolutely believe that. It will take some time. I mean, we, we still see, uh, well, the hotel I mentioned, for example, that had an open rate of 65% of mobile keys. That means that still 35% takes the, takes the key card, um, which is a good percentage, but still 35%. So it will take it will take a couple of years, I think, before they completely disappear. Uh, but it will it will happen. I mean, it's the same with, with payments, for example. Many people use their phones already to do payments, but there's a lot of a lot of people that, that either pay in cash money mm-hmm. or their, their bank cards, uh, although contactless now, but they still use their bank cards uh, to do payments. So it's, it's a similar adoption there, I think. Okay, very cool. And um, if we connect to this, what is the vision and mission of the four suits? Well, I, I always say that we we want to create the most intelligent access solution for hotels, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's a very broad definition. Uh, intelligent because it, it compiles things as being integrated into all the other aspects of the, of the journey. Intelligent means to me that it's connected, that mm-hmm. it's online, it has an IoT vision behind it, um, and that it basically adds up to those two pillars, like improving this guest journey and improving the hotel. Um, uh, organization or, or automation on that end. Um, so we want to make sure that we that we basically have the most intelligent access solution in place. Mm-hmm. That we are the most innovative when it comes to to access. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't lose our software focus. Mm-hmm. We don't want to talk about logs. We we talk about the solution and, and the things that we can bring with our logs. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's how we look at things. Cool. Very nice. And what do you think is the next big thing in hospitality? Um, I think it will. I don't think it will be one big thing. Um, I think it will be multiple things. And for example, the wallets—that's that's one of those things that can definitely change a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, the digitalization in the whole in the whole guest journey is increasing a lot now. Uh, the pandemic, of course, has increased this pace. Um, so I think adding up all those those details and improving on that. Uh, will completely reshape the guest journey and how operations go at hotels. Um, we're still not at uh, at, the, at the at the journey, for example, as we go to to, uh, uh, to an airport where you can basically already have everything on your phone, walk through the airport, go through all the access points, talk to no one. When you go to the uh, to the airplane, you basically board your seat that you've already reserved. I mean. We're still there, but I think we're we're, we're getting closer in the, in the hospitality business to that to that concept. 
I have to only agree on with that. And uh, could you, Leonard, share some funny story from your hospitality career? I mean, from from some customers' installation or anything. Any funny stories? Um, actually, I should have prepared this one because I always need to think. I mean, there's there's so many stories. <laughs> um, I don't have one that comes to mind right now. Okay, um, no worries. I'm sorry, but there's many. There's so many. Good. And uh, last question, as we are in the minibar podcast, would go for your favorite cocktail. Oh, wow. That, that's, a, that's a nice one. Uh, what's yours? Mine? Uh, well, I have more. Definitely gin tonic, if it's uh, alcohol included. And if it's just a normal drink, I love water, still water. And uh, right. the typical Czech drink, which means kofola. <laughs> Okay. Good. And well, hold on. I'm I'm Czech person. I have to say also beer, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you should, yeah. <laughs> so these are mine. So so my, I mean, I like gin tonic as well. I think it very it very much depends on a few variables. Either what's my mood of the day, uh, what's the day of the week, um, what's the weather look like. Uh, I think all those aspects can add up to. To, to my decision, okay, what's what's my favorite cocktail on that moment in time? Uh, but let's say it's a it's a sunny day in, in Amsterdam. It's twenty five degrees. It's a Saturday. I'm out with friends. Uh, I would definitely also like a gin tonic, maybe a mojito. I like uh, Aperol Spritz if it's uh, it's a little bit warmer. I like uh, Hugo Spritz. That's also great. Try one oh, day. Yay! If yeah, you do. I, I know that one. Yeah, that one. super cool. Well, my just you have to be really really careful with those drinks. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like we are a group of alcoholics, but uh, to all listeners, we're not okay. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm definitely not. Yeah, well. Time. Every time I'm in Holland, I'm super addicted to you, to your IPA, you know, drinks and beers. You have it heavy, but the best one in the world. And I'm um, sorry to the Czech nation. Yes, I like Dutch beers. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good to hear. Perfect, Linder. So thank you very much for being here with us in the Minibar podcast. I really enjoyed the discussion about the e-keys and modern future things, how we're going to be um, opening the doors um, and looking forward to the next uh, inspirational talks and news from four suits. Next drinks in the minibar will be served with Ulrich Pilau. While talking about the second generation of property management systems, frictionless technologies and importance of instant implementations in the episode called The Future of the Hotel Management Software. If you liked our today minibar podcast, don't forget to rate it and subscribe to the channel in your podcast application so you don't miss any new episode with inspirational hospitality professionals, their stories and new ideas. Or if you want to get back the trust of your guests and your revenue as soon as possible, send me the message on the LinkedIn or by email and I will share with you our opening kit. So until next time, guys.